Most things don't matter, but the few that matter, matter a lot. Welcome to 8020 Productivity, the show dedicated to helping you do more by doing less so that you can have more time and energy to enjoy life to the fullest. Now here's your host, author, speaker, and productivity nerd, Anthony Sani. Hello, Anthony Sani here. Welcome to the first 8020 Productivity Book Breakdown. And on this episode, we're breaking down Greg McEwen's new book, Effortless, Make It Easier to Do What Matters Most. When I first recorded this podcast episode, I was intending for it to be just about half an hour long, but it ended up going well over an hour. There was just so much to unpack in the selected bits that I was going to talk about on the podcast. So what I've decided to do is present this in two parts. So what you're going to listen to next is the first part, and then the next part will be released right after. So feel free to listen to this one, go take action on it, think about it, digest it, and then come back and listen to part two. Or if you want, you can listen to part one and two back to back. But remember, what matters more than how much knowledge you take in is how much knowledge you use. So with that, here we go with part one of 8020 Productivity Book Breakdown of Greg McEwen's Effortless, Make It Easier to Do What Matters Most. Enjoy. On this episode, we're going to be doing a book breakdown of Greg McEwen's new work, Effortless. Now, if you don't know who Greg McEwen is, Greg McEwen is the author of the wildly successful book of 2014, Essentialism. And what he does in Effortless is that he builds on the ideas he put forward in Essentialism. Essentialism is a very 80-20 book. It, a lot of the ideas in Essentialism draw on 80-20, the concept of factor sparsity and how few things matter, but they matter a lot. McEwen wrote a very influential book in Essentialism. But we're not talking about Essentialism today. Essentialism may come later. I want to talk about his most recent work. Essentialism came out in 2014. His most recent work, Effortless, with the subtitle, Make It Easier to Do What Matters, came out in April of 2021. So much more recent work. And it contains a lot of insights and ideas that I want to share as we go through this 8020 book breakdown. So without further ado, let's get into it. Effortless is a very interesting book and because it is our very first 8020 book breakdown i'm going to be letting you know what the format of these book breakdowns are going to be using effortless as our very first one so the book breakdowns will play out this way we'll start off with an overall impression what i felt about the book give it a bit of a summer give you a bit of a summary of the book really and then I'll go into insights that stood out for me. Now, keep in mind, these are insights that stand out for me. My suspicion is if you were to read the book, you might get other ideas from the book. Any well-written, well-researched book will offer a lot of different insights to different people. But what I will share are what my insights were and the things that jumped out to me in the book. I've been very selective because as much as I have tons of notes for myself, I've selected the notes that I think are very relevant. And even though I've selected these ones for myself, I believe they'll also be useful to you. So 
then here's how it's going to here's how 8020 books are going to break down overall impression first and then we'll get into my thoughts the things that stood out for me we'll do that's what i'm going to call the book analysis so we'll analyze it i might pull in um, insights from other books don't worry if you haven't read them i'll always give context to them and then some of the questions i have as well will, will be in the analysis so the notes the noteworthy bits some commentary on them some questions there might be questions that i felt were not answered in the book and questions that i felt could take the conversation even further if we were going to apply the principles in the book and then i'll wrap up with the overall the final thoughts on the book so let's get into effortless make it easier to do what matters most by greg McEwen. Let's start right away with my overall impression of the book. This book picks off where essentialism left off. There's a quote early on in the book that says, essentialism is about doing the right things. Effortlessness is about doing things the right way. And because we will be talking a lot more next in the next few um, episodes about effortlessness or the law of least effort as we explore 8020 under the theme of one principle, many names. And if, you, if you're interested in that, definitely subscribe to the podcast so that you don't miss those episodes when they come out. But when, when Greg says essentialism is about doing the right things, effortlessness is about doing things the right way, Greg's way is the way that is the least hard, you know, the way that is easiest in his terms. And this can be something, this can easily be misunderstood. But my overall impression of the book is that the writer, McEwen, is trying to do a few things. First of all, he's trying to get us to think about work differently, to think about work not in terms of, the, you know, work doesn't basically to, to believe work doesn't have to be hard to be meaningful or to be impactful, which is a very, it seems like such a simple thought, but the whole work ethic, particularly the work ethic that's predominant in North America and in many parts of the world is harder work is more valuable. And Greg Gould seeks to, to debunk that in this book. The general layout of the book is it's split into three sections, as many nonfiction books these days tend to be. The first section is the effortless state. And this explores mindsets behind the effortless way of life, the mindsets of it. Then there is part two, which is effortless action. This is where McEwen explores ways to carry out actions, ways to, ways to perform work. And then part three is effortless results. So that was a very interesting one where he talks about learning and automation and trust and building trust among teams and how results can be gotten through effortlessness. The subtitle of that is how can we get the highest return on the least effort? So that's how the book breaks down. All right, so now let's get right into the meat and potatoes of the 8020 book breakdown, the analysis of the book. We'll start right off with the first chapter. Now, in the first chapter, McEwen makes an interesting and important connection between this book and his previous book. And I've alluded to it already, where he says, essentialism is about doing the right things. Effortlessness is about doing things the right way. And the right way, in McEwen's mind, appears to be 
the, the way of least effort. If you're listening to 8020 Productivity, you know that we are all about values, effort, and the interplay between the two. The, the, the podcast is literally how to do more by doing less. And so this piqued my interest. Not surprising that McEwen would go this route, especially because his first book was really big on the the principle of what we call on the podcast 8020, but really it's that whole concept of not everything matters. And he was calling you to focus on what matters there, but here he's assuming that you found what matters and now you want to go about achieving that with the least effort. So if I were to sum this idea up in this book, it's like if, you've, if you're familiar with the, the work of the management guru, I can't recall his name right now, he's the one who famously said that efficiency is doing things right, but effectiveness is doing the right things. And I'm going to get his name for sure and stick it in the show notes. But very popular quote on productivity to say, just because you're doing things efficiently, fast, doing them correctly with skill, doesn't mean you're doing the right things. I believe it was the late and great Stephen Covey who said, you don't want to climb the ladder of success only to find out it was leaning against the wrong wall. That's another parallel of this thought is it's not enough to just be efficient. You want to be effective. That is is being efficient at the right things. And that's what I think McEwen is getting at in this book. There's another interesting concept that I enjoy from McEwen's work and one that's applicable to 8020 productivity. And that's the concept that separating important work from play makes life harder than it needs to be. And in this analysis, let's go ahead and unpack that for a minute. Let's go ahead and unpack that because this was under the effortless state. And a lot of it is the idea that you should be enjoying your work. And McEwen's approach to this is don't separate your work from your play, if at all possible. Now, as we said, we'll explore some questions. This is powerful and interesting in principle. You hear a lot of people talk about this, right? You want to be doing the thing that doesn't feel like work. Interestingly, just today, I was listening to a speech by Gary Vaynerchuk, very popular in the online space, runs a huge media company, very successful. And he was talking about how his work is his hobby. You actually use those words. My work is my hobby. And you hear a lot of entrepreneurs say that. They tell you, especially the successful ones, they tell you, you know, find something you love, something you're passionate about. And that's not been universally accepted. You have the flip side, which says just get good at something. And when you get good at it, you will learn to love it. That's the other side that you could also look at. But McEwen makes an argument here. If you really want to live effortlessly, it's important that you don't separate play from work. That when it's when you separate play from work, life becomes harder than it needs to be. And I think the, the, the important thing to take away here is, is that harder than it needs to be. So if I were to unpack this, I would say it's not so much that you can't be successful, even if you're doing something you're not necessarily, maybe something you don't necessarily enjoy very much. The, the thing to unpack here, the idea here is life would be a lot more effortless if work and play 
converge for you. So that's the first takeaway is see if there's a way you can make the things you enjoy, the things that feel like play for you, if you can make them a part of your work, or if you can find elements in your work that feel like play. And that way you are in a more effortless state when you perform those um, activities, when you do that work. One of the ways I've started to approach that is, now I'm fortunate that things like going out to speak, writing, recording this podcast, and even designing courses and learning materials and all my consulting, those things are fun for me. I enjoy researching. I enjoy learning. I enjoy teaching. I enjoy interacting with people. I enjoy making making things, and I enjoy all these activities. But there are still bits of it that I don't necessarily enjoy. So looking at this idea of separating important work from play makes life harder than it needs to be. Got me thinking about how can I either A, incorporate more play in my work or B, find the things that I enjoy, things that feel like play in my work. And that leaves, what do you do with the rest? But maybe we'll explore that as we go further. The next idea I want to explore is the idea that rituals make essential habits easier to sustain by infusing habits with meaning. Now, when I read this, I literally had to take a pause because as much as I read these books for you, dear listeners, so we can have these deep dives and these analysis and conversations. I also read these books for myself, obviously. And that's what I think makes it more useful for you is when we can dive deeper and see what these things really mean. If you have been interested in productivity, you probably have heard about the concept of a morning routine, right? Anthony Robbins supposedly had a morning routine at some point where he'd take an ice bath. You hear about some pretty simple morning routines. You hear about some really complicated morning routines. Some people wake up and run for five, run at 5 a.m. for a mile or whatever. But the concept of morning routines, the concept of the power of a morning routine is taken almost without argument in the world of productivity. And in some, and to expand that even further, success chasing is you want to have a morning routine. You want to have a morning routine that works for you. The insight I gleaned from McEwen's work here is turning a routine into a ritual. And I really like that, turning routines into rituals. I don't know that he actually used that phrase, but that's how I have encoded it in my mind is, what can I do to turn my routine into a ritual? Because as this bit says, rituals make essential habits easier to sustain by infusing habits with meaning, habits with meaning. Now, McEwen's choice of language was very interesting in this particular section of the book because he stuck more with the language of habits, but the examples he gave implied routines. So that's why I'm using the language of turning routines into rituals because that makes it easier for me, and I hope that makes it easier for you as well. But his intent seems to be the same, is he's suggesting that we infuse habits with meaning and that will turn them into rituals. But the game of this is ultimately to make them easier. So we're keeping with the theme of least effort. We're keeping with the theme of effortlessness. And he's attacking the issues of having too much effort in our routines 
And he suggests, albeit what I glean from that is what's making them difficult is they don't have meaning. I started to analyze some of my routines and my habits, and I realized that truthfully, the routines and habits that have been the easiest to sustain have been the ones that have become rituals, have become infused with meaning for me personally. For example, the routine of giving my daughter a shower in the evening, it's like this whole production for her and I, and that's an evening routine. That became meaningful to me when I learned that the last few minutes or the last hour or so of the day for a child has immense importance. I figure, hey, if there's a certain portion of the day that's going to give me a disproportionately large positive impact in my child's life, I want to be in there because I love my child and that's important to me. So that routine of showering, the whole production that goes around it and laying her down to bed to sleep, tucking her in and all that stuff. That routine is not a ritual because it's infused with meaning. That for me was the big light bulb went off in my head when I read that. To know that I had been doing that unconsciously, but now we can do that more consciously was huge. So my suggestion to you is this, what what routines, if you don't have a morning routine, I recommend you start one and build one. But if you do, how much of that routine holds meaning for you? Do you wake up and meditate? What meaning have you attached to that? Right? Do you exercise? What meaning? I mean, we could really go deep in the rabbit hole of meaning, but as much as you can infuse meaning into the things you do, into the habits specifically, and I'll say the the routines, that would make a big difference in how easy it'll be for you to sustain those along the path of effortlessness. The next bit that jumped out to me is this idea. The idea to define your done. Define your done. McEwen very elegantly puts forward what appears to be a simple idea, but it strikes right at the heart of the reason why so many people find it difficult to live effortless lives. And because we're on 80-20 productivity, and we will be exploring a lot of these concepts as we go along in future episodes, this concept of defining your done gets really interesting because what he talks about here is when you start a project, when you start a task, when you start a thing, defining what done looks like is important because what a lot of people end up doing is they keep going and going and then they want to make it 10% better and then 5% better and then 2% better and then 1% better and they are just never done. The psychology is clear behind this, right? It just makes it harder and you get into that realm of diminishing returns and that's a very important concept in 80-20 productivity is understanding diminishing returns. In our terms, we would say you would get 80% of the way there with 20% of the effort, to put it in 80-20 terms. So the question now becomes, is 80% good enough? If it is, the 80% would be our definition of done. If it isn't, well then, what is good enough and how much more effort beyond the 20% would we have to put in to get it to that point? Is it 85? Is it 90? 
But defining what done is, is critical to living effortlessly because what it means is you will put in enough effort to get to done and then you stop. That idea will set a lot of people free. It can set you and I free from continuing to work on something because we never defined what done looked like. I'll give you an example. When I was writing my book, The Law of the Vital Few, I remember a friend of mine from back in university used to say, because then we would write poetry to get, not we wouldn't write poetry together. We were both, we both fancied ourselves poets. Let me put it that way. And we would help each other. I would write poetry. He would critique it. He would write it and I would critique it. And one day we were walking down, never forget, we're walking down um, the street of campus. It was an afternoon. We just had lunch and he, he, I was telling him about this poem that I was writing and I was writing it and I was working on it and tweaking it and fixing it. And he just looked at me and said, well, you know, there's this quote from a famous poet I once heard. And I said, what's the quote? And my friend looks at me and he says, a poem is never finished. It is only abandoned. A poem is never finished. It is only abandoned. I never forgot that it is only abandoned. And I remember when I was writing my book, The Law of the Vital Few, it was tempting to just continue to obsess over every little detail. I remember my publisher being fairly exasperated at how much I wanted things to be, quote, perfect. But a point came where I had to decide and say, okay, what does, without, without, this was long before McEwen even wrote his book. I had to come to a point where I decided what is what is done for this book. I still wanted the book to be at a very high standard, but the book needed to be done. It needed to get out there into people's hands where it could help people. What is done? I finally decided what done looked like for me. And once that decision was made, it was so liberating because once we got to done, we stopped. Since the book came out, the first edition, I think there has been like one or two minor changes that have come up. But here's the thing. Those changes would not have come up, those improvements, had the book not gone out. So this was a big one for me. It's such a simple concept. Define your done under the section one minute of clarity in McEwen's book, Effortless. But it's a big enough idea that it could really change things in your life and help you, I believe, live the 80-20 way, when you set out to do something, define what done looks like, and then put in enough effort to get to done, and then you stop. The next idea that uh, McEwen explores, at least that stood out for me, is instead of streamlining or empowering existing steps, consider eliminating steps altogether. Instead of streamlining or empowering existing steps, consider eliminating steps altogether. How can we apply this in our own lives? I've seen this happen in my work in consulting, in my work in with my own business, when I talk to people everywhere, people get so used to how things are done. It's this, there's this, there's this idea that more is better, more is better, more steps, more complexity. Whereas if we just stepped back and thought, okay, what, what's essential to use McEwen's language from his previous book? What is really at the core of this? And if we took these steps out, would it make any difference? So when you look at your work, whether it's your organization, whether it's you personally, 
Hey, maybe it's even how you get dressed in the morning or how you dress your child. It applies to so many aspects of life, personal and professional. Instead of streamlining or empowering existing steps, consider eliminating steps altogether. We could unpack that a little bit more because when you look at streamlining a step, that has the illusion of efficiency, doesn't it? It has the illusion. If you can cut a step down from taking 10 minutes to taking two minutes, it feels like you've become more efficient. You've improved your productivity, yes? But if the step wasn't necessary, then why did you have to do it at all? Now, the question becomes, what is the goal? And we'll talk about that when we dive into law of least effort, our deep dive into that in the upcoming episodes on the show. But the goal is important here because you can't eliminate steps without some reference. I'll give you an example again. Putting this podcast together, I thought initially about all kinds of bells and whistles. Like for every episode, I would have a, a cover art specifically made for that episode. And the cover art would have some depiction of the content or the, some depiction of the guest on the show. But then I did some research and found out, yes, cover art is important, but it wasn't important enough for me, for the goals of this podcast, to go through a bunch of trouble, either A, learning how to do that stuff, or B, having to hire someone to do that stuff for every single episode. The diminishing returns just didn't make it worth it for me. And so what I did was I invested in getting a graphic designer to create a really nice cover art for the show, at least nice in my sense, something that spoke to what we do on the show. And then just leave enough space so that if in the future we decided to expand or to add that stuff for special episodes, we could always do that. Here's my point. Why streamline or empower a step of complicating every episode by having to create new cover art for every episode if that step doesn't really work for the ultimate goal, if it doesn't really contribute to the ultimate goal of the podcast, which is creating useful, insightful, thought-provoking content for my listeners. So look at your life, look at your work, look at your process, your business, your day-to-day. -day. Are you getting better at steps in a process? Are you streamlining or empowering steps in the process that really don't matter? Thank you for listening to part one of the 8020 book breakdown of Greg McEwen's Effortless. We'll pick up where we left off in part two. Until then, focus on the 20% that makes the most difference.